say he's here not there here not here not here no listen the bible teaches that god is everywhere and beyond everywhere but god's ultimate goal and the work of jesus and the spirit is for the always everywhere god to also take up residence within your heart and within your life and that is called being born again. There's a distinct difference between reading about something and experiencing it for yourself. The picture of that beach in Hawaii takes on a whole new reality when you feel the sand, hear the waves, and smell the salty air. Today, Pastor Daniel talks about how God is everywhere all at once, what theologians call omnipresence. But the amazing thing is that he wants to be living inside of you, too. That starts when you begin a relationship with Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 139 as he begins a new message called, God is Always With You. So I remember growing up and my mom just always knew what was going on. And it freaked me out as a little kid. Because, like, literally, my mom just always, like, if I was doing something naughty, she knew all about it. Like, like all the details. And I remember I'd be like, she'd be like, I know you weren't supposed to eat any of that cake, but you ate some of that cake. I didn't eat the cake. I know you did it. You're right, Mom, I did. And then later I'd be like, Mom, how'd you know? She's like, I'm a mom. I always know. And so, so I'm growing up in the midst of, like, Mom knows everything, and I'm trying to figure out how this happens, but what I realized was is that my mom was actually preparing me for being a teenager because she wanted me to always be aware that she knew what was going on. And so I remember as I became a teenager, my mom would say, no, I don't want you to do this. Now, it's not probably a news flash. It's an open secret. I was not the best kid, you know, and, and like I was a wild kid. And so I remember my mom, like, she'd be like, whatever you do, do not go there. And then the next day she's like, you went there, didn't you? I'm like, what's going on? And I remember my mom was so fun. She loved education so much. My mom was a teacher. And my mom loved education so much that she never let me be home from school. Like, I had to literally be, like, throwing up in her presence to go home. If I'm like, I just threw up. I, you know, I, 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 I you know, flushed the toilet. She's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You know, how'd you know? I always know, you know. And I remember I would go to the, to, to the nurse because I'd want to go home from school because you didn't want to take the test. Everyone knows how this works. Except for you good folks, you don't do that stuff. And I remember I'd go in, and the nurse would call my mom, and, my, and, I, and, and they'd have us call our parents. I'd be like, hey, mom, I don't feel good. I'm here in the nurse's office. And she's like, oh, yeah, let me talk to the nurse. <laughs> I, I'd go hand the phone to my, Mrs. Gill was the nurse. Mrs. Gill would be like, I hear her be like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. And she's like, your mom wants to talk to you. Hand it back. What's up, mom? Go back to class. Click. <laughs> you know? And I'd look at Miss Gill like, what's up, Miss Gill? And she'd be like, go back to class, your mom said. <laughs> but what I realize is parents, what they do is they, they, they network together. 
I didn't get it when I was younger with my mom. Like, oh, what are their parents' names? And like the, the, the parents would network together to find out what the story is. And between all of them, they, like, like the, the CIA of loving parents or whatever, the FBI, they had all the details of all the stuff that was going on. Now, all you kids, just so you know, that's how it works. They're going to know everything anyway. Right? So that's what you have to realize. Like, they know. And it's funny. With our kids, I do the same thing. Obadiah is 16 at this point. Maranoth is 13. Annabelle 7. I'm like, listen, me and your mom know everything that's going on. And, like, things go on. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you didn't think we knew about that? Yeah. Well, we know. You're grounded. You know what I mean? Like, like and that's how it goes because cause we know what's going on. But that's just a loving parent with limited information. And here's the deal. Because I knew my, these things would be known it would change the way that you live. I think as A.W. Tozer said, it's always easy to be holy when you realize someone's looking over your shoulder. It's the power of accountability. Now, this isn't the point that I want to make today, but I want to say it right now. One of the main reasons that we do not connect with other believers in community groups is because we don't want to be accountable. Because something happens when somebody knows that this is your struggle and then you share it with them and you ask them to pray for you. Because not only are you getting prayer from people, but then they're like, hey, bro, how you doing? I've been praying for you. Right? Because when people know what is going on, then all of a sudden now you have people who are looking out for you. And you're like, you know, the, the vanity of not wanting to say, yeah, I screwed up. It's powerful. And it's one of the ways God uses the people of God to help us grow. And so... One of the things that I am so aware of is that God wants us to experience him. And in a lot of ways, this series that we're doing called Radiant is, it's a psalm or a song of the experience of David, who we know of as King David, who was also a phenomenal musician and songwriter. He was also a pretty fierce warrior. Today we'd call him a Renaissance man. He was a gifted musician. You know, if you, if you, look, if you go to uh, Italy and you look at the sculptures, he was also, you know, quite ripped and handsome. And you know what I mean? And, 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 but he was also a phenomenal warrior. I mean, he was, he was, like, he was like the UFC fighting champion of the children of Israel, except it was real fighting for death. And then he was also a gifted leader and also deeply flawed. It's like, it's amazing how you have, you know, we have a tendency to think that gifted people aren't flawed people, which is just insane, right? Everyone's flawed people. And Psalm 139 is the telling of what does it look like at street level for someone to live in the reality of who God truly is. David is not writing a, he's not trying to impress people with his theology. He's writing out of his experience. You have to realize that, like, if you look at from the Bible's perspective, David lived and wrote before probably three quarters of the Bible existed. And so, my greatest hope for not only the Crossroads family and people watching this online and on TV and on the radio, and, but for all of humanity, all over 8 billion people to not only know who God is, but let their lives be impacted by the reality of who God is. That's why here at Crossroads we always say, what do we want to do? We want to simply respond to Jesus. 
The vision of our church is to simply respond to Jesus. Because it's not enough to say, hey, man, Jesus, he, yeah, he's real, and he is. But then what does this do to me as a person? How does this change the way I move through the world? And I think that Psalm 139 is such a powerful example of this. And so I want you to open up your Bibles right now to Psalm 139. We're going to be taking verses 7 to 12 together. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 12. So if you brought your Bibles with you, open that bad boy up or that bad girl or good girl or however you like to characterize your Bible, open that thing up to Psalm 139. It's easy to find the Psalms if you don't know your way around the Bible because there's 150 Psalms. It's the largest book in your Bible and it pretty much sits like a little, like right in the center of the Bible. So find Psalm 139. If you didn't bring a Bible, you have a Bible on the seats in front of you. Or if you're like, yeah, I'm just anti-paper, it's not sustainable, then pick out your phone or your device or whatever. Go to your favorite Bible app. Type in Psalm 139, verses 7 to 12. Now, I said this last week. I'm going to say this every week. But Psalm 139 contains a lot of information of what we commonly call the omnis of God. God is commonly characterized of things like being all-knowing, being all-powerful, they have these omni words. Omni is the prefix that means all. So like verses one to six, we learned about God's omniscience. Everyone say omniscience. So for those of you who didn't have coffee, we're going to do it again because I know you stumbled over that. Say omniscience. Um, that means God is all knowing. God knows everything about everything. And, and really verses one to six, and we unpacked that in the last message, showed us that. We saw that in, you know, we, we had the principle, and then the principle explained, and then the principle applied, right? Now, what's beautiful is the Holy Spirit sometimes doesn't like to just work randomly. He likes to work in specific order. And so in verses 7 to 12, we're going to learn about another omni, and quite beautifully, verse 7 is the principle, and then verses 8 to 10 explains the principle, and then verses 11 and 12 applies the principle, so I'm going to give you the omni word up front so we get the heavy lifting out of the way. Everyone say omnipresent. omnipresent. Look at the person next to you say omnipresent. omnipresent. Look back at him and say, you are a theological genius. <laughs> Tell him, say Bible scholar. Now, I don't know if people still play words for friends. I figure people will always play Scrabble, but you want to remember omnipresent. It's a get you lots of points. And it will definitely impress your friends, even if they don't know Jesus, because people don't use the omni words. It literally means that God is everywhere. God is always present. You don't believe me? Like what it says in verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? Teach us quite simply, God is everywhere you are. God is everywhere you are. See, the principle comes right out. Where can I go from your spirit and wh where can I flee from your presence? Now, even without the explanation and the application, which we're going to get to, what you're going to find is David saying, listen, it's a rhetorical question. Its answer is already there, that there is nowhere that you can go where you're away from God's presence and there's no way that you can flee from God's spirit. So God is always everywhere. Now, I want to unpack two different sides of this coin. And, and literally, I should do a sermon series, actually a series of series, on all of the omnis. Because even in the next five to seven, maybe if I get excited and start rolling, ten minutes, 
I'm never going to be able to unpack the reality of God's omnipresence. All the writings and all the books could be about this one topic and not exhausted in its totality. So the first thing I want to tell you is that who God is and how God works and where God is is the question of all religions and also the entire branch of philosophy that we call metaphysics. And one of the great battlegrounds is where is God, right? Now, you have a number of options. One, there is no God, right, which we call atheism, which ah is the prefix for no, and theos in the Greek is God, so you have no God. Just the way agnostic, that word gnosis means knowledge. So an agnostic, agnostic is not saying there's no God. He's like saying, I just don't know. Agnosis, agnostic, right? So, so it begins with no God. So if there's no God, then where is God? There is no God, so God is where? Nowhere, right? So that's one place. So there's no God, so God is nowhere. Then you have God is everywhere, right? Now, the beauty of God is everywhere is that is not exclusive to Christianity or Judaism, because in a lot of religions, they're like, well, God is everywhere in nature. So God is always everywhere. So God is omnipresent. God's always everywhere, right? And there's a reality to that. Now, some people would say, and I was just reading uh, somebody, not somebody I would recommend, who's saying, there, God is not everywhere. God is inside of you. So that's another. So now you have God's localization to inside of you. And really, their implication is that you're God. That's what they're saying. God is within you, right? And now, what's beautiful about, and there's lots of derivations. Like, some people are like, man, you can only see God. God is revealed only in nature, right? So the created order reveals God. You have all these different ways that people, what the Bible teaches from Genesis to Revelation is that there is a God, and that God is always everywhere at all times, But God is not only contained in the created cosmos. God also exists beyond the created cosmos. Because a lot of people say God is everywhere, but there is not a sovereign God who judges the world. So so you can almost look at every religion and say, what does it say about who God is and where God is? Christianity teaches that there is a God. That God is always everywhere. That God also exists outside of all that we can understand. And maybe most profoundly, that God also desires to dwell within the human heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. So whereas so many of these things say, he's here, not there. Here, not here. Not here. No, listen. The Bible teaches that God is everywhere and beyond everywhere. But God's ultimate goal and the work of Jesus and the Spirit is for the always everywhere God to also take up residence within your heart and within your life. And that is called being born again. That is called being, you can clap. This is some good stuff here. Not because I'm saying it. Like, this is what this is all about. Because it's one thing to say God is all-knowing, right? We saw that last week. We call that omniscience. But it's another thing when you say, man, God is omnipresent. God is always with me no matter where I am. And In the general sense, that's true for everybody, but for the believer, 
when God takes up residence in the heart of a person, then not only is God everywhere because God exists perpetually in what he has created, but now God takes up residence, he does this work on the inside of us. And that is, I believe, to use a very generic phrase, the secret sauce of what Jesus is offering a person. Because when the spirit of God takes up takes up residence inside of a person's life, now all of a sudden you are empowered from within to become what you've never been. Now, I realize some of you right now, you're like, oh, okay, Fusco. I just like dropped a big thing in the middle of the church. Like, okay, what are we going to do with this? Now, here's the thing. If you believe that God is always everywhere, but you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you have not yet fully experienced what God being always everywhere actually means. And God wants you to experience that. Listen to what Jeremiah says about this. Jeremiah 23, 24. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so that I do not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I love that. God's saying through Jeremiah, he's like, hey, listen, you think you can hide out from me? You think I don't know what's going on? Now, here's the deal. So first we have all religions are founded on who is God and where is God found? And we make the case that God's ultimate goal is to not be always everywhere, although he is, but also to take a personal residence in your life. Someone's bound to say, well, Fusco, isn't the Holy Spirit in everybody? And the answer is no. The spirit of life is in everybody. Go read the book of Genesis. Read the creation account. Anybody who is alive, they have life in them. But that is not the Holy Spirit. So, Because you're alive does not mean that you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit happens when somebody believes in Jesus and receives Jesus, and the Spirit of God now takes up residence, and and the resurrected life of Jesus is at work in your life. Now you may be saying, but Fusco, how can you say that? Well, let me tell you how I can say that. You go all the way back to the creation account. God's been blowing my mind with this, because God's been doing a really unique work in me personally lately, Right? Like, and, and he always is, but I'm, I'm experiencing God's presence in very unique ways in this season right now. And I was seeking the Lord about some different things, and the Lord brought me back to Genesis chapter 3, a passage I know very well and a passage I've taught many times, and he showed me something that I'd never seen before, although I had taught about it and I knew it. It's the fact that when sinfulness entered the world, what happened to Adam? I mean, the first thing they realized was what? They were naked. Okay. And the Bible teaches that when they realized they were naked, they were filled with shame, right? So sinfulness creates woundedness. For the, I mean, try and imagine in a world we all know what it feels like to feel vulnerable, to feel, you know, naked, right? But imagine having never felt the feeling of, now we don't know how, how old Adam and Eve were, we don't know any of that details, but it's like for the first time that feeling of shame, Right? It creates a wound. And that wound, what's the next thing that happened? What did they try and do? Hide from God. <laughs> yeah, see that? So sinfulness creates woundedness, which drives us to hiddenness. We try and hide. Where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your spirit? See, the very first thing that after Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which all of humanity has done because of our first parents, we all, we have this, we're born in sin. They call it original sin. It it doesn't mean that you're the worst possible person. It just means that you've never been the best possible person, that you received a sin nature from your first parents. 
which goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Your parents, they were part of it too, so were mine. As parents, we're part of that story, right? Sinfulness creates wounds, and wounds make us want to hide. In Genesis chapter 3, the reason David could ask this, and the reason people struggle with the omnipresence of God is because we are wired because of our own woundedness to hide from God. How many of you can say, at some point in my life, I was hiding from God? Yeah. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, you were raising your hand in your heart. Because you know it's true. Now, here's the deal. Once you come to know Jesus, guess what we still do sometimes? Try and hide from God. It's like David. Remember when he sinned with Bathsheba? Tried to hide everything. Sure enough, he raises up Nathan the prophet. Nathan's like, bro, you the man. Not in a good way. Because he thought he could, like, we do this. And so what's so beautiful about this is that when you realize sinfulness leads to woundedness, which leads to hiddenness, and ultimately hiddenness ends up leading to division. God put Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. They got expelled from the Garden. Unless they eat of the Tree of Life and they live perpetually in a state of fallenness. And Adam and Eve, there's all this division between Adam and Eve. There's going to be conflict. There's conflict with work, all this stuff. And then into the midst of that world, Jesus comes on a rescue mission to live perfectly, to take the sins of the world upon him, to die and be resurrected, so that what was now, what we were expelled from, he could bring us back to. So this principle that God is always everywhere, I want to start for each one of us by saying, whatever you do, stop hiding. Because even when you hide, it's like, you ever play hide and seek with a little kid? I love playing hide and seek with my Annabelle, because Annabelle is so much fun. So Annabelle, if she's hiding, you can hear her giggling. Because she doesn't think anyone knows where she is, but I'm like, you're giggling so loud. Like, you know, or you ever see like when little kids play hide and seek outside, invariably there's like a big kid behind a small tree. Like it's like me, like, nobody from Crossroads can see me. Can anyone see me? And I'm like hiding and I'm like, no one sees me. You guys see me? Did I look totally awkward? Totally, right? Nobody thought I was hidden. But sometimes I can pretend like I am. But it's only pretend in my own mind. So brothers and sisters, listen. Because you're never truly hidden, let's stop pretending that we are. God's always everywhere that you are. Always. It begins with two questions. Lord, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Now keep moving on. Look what it says. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that there's a progression that happens when you go your own way. Sin creates woundedness in you. And because you're broken and hurting, you hide. And that, in turn, causes division. But as Pastor Daniel shared, your life doesn't have to follow this path. You can choose not to hide. 
you can come to the Lord and let him transform those broken pieces from the inside out, making you whole again in his grace. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more about God being everywhere all at once. You'll discuss how the Lord wants to protect and lead you, but you can't do that if you're convinced and determined to be the commander of your own life. You'll be encouraged to let Jesus take the reins of your life so that you can experience the guidance and protection that he longs to give you. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Radiant. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.